Okay, let's do it. Boom, Greg. You been getting much sleep, babe? Uh, What day is today, Joe? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Friday yet? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I, I swore yesterday, like all day long, it was Friday. It was it was weird, and I was kind of bummed when I realized it was Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and long and what weekend. Makes sad is Monday was a holiday. <laughs> I know. I know. Long weekends are really long. <laughs> Tell me uh, about how it. you doing? Yeah, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Yourself? I'm surviving right now. How's little man uh, doing? And the in the little princess. Yeah. Let's 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 thread that needle carefully. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that ready for that. Um no, he's doing great, getting big, getting strong. And uh, you know, the big sister is uh having a blast. Sweet. Does she like yeah, is, she, is she like pretend like she's a mommy at all? Like I, I remember my kids used yeah. to do that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she's doing that with her her uh stuffed animals and um you know trying to give hugs and and kisses and i want to hold him i want to go you know um which is which is nice a little different but uh glad it's you know get to enjoy it before they're fighting with each other right (laughs) yeah they're yep my two little ones they're they're super close with each other but man can they uh, on a on on a dime just go from you know being happy to fighting it's like jesus guys (laughs) i was enjoying i was enjoying this for 30 seconds (laughs) (sighs) so big big announcements happened this week in the rap beaver community right people what we've been waiting for for a long time and we can finally start talking about it right hinting about if we've been hinting about it for what six eight months i know right man we, we've, we've had the beta trying. forever and yeah, i've been, been good i've been good we haven't talked about it on the podcast i don't think i i don't think i've leaked much have i i don't think i have oh we're gonna get now we're gonna get an email saying oh man you, yeah yeah on this date this time <laughs> at this time go to this timestamp joe you're a rat yes <laughs> but stacks four release baby yep Everyone, yes. if you haven't noticed, if you're not a frequently user on Weaver Space or the the Real Mac forums, Isaiah posted um, a bunch of videos about the Stacks 4 beta. Um, and uh, if you want early access right now, um, he has like a Patreon supporter where you can like uh, pay for early developer access. Um, else you might have to wait. Uh, I, I, I don't think you have to wait too much longer, um, especially now that he's released all these videos publicly now. Um, and, uh, so he's talked about, uh, I think five or six little features, and then he has five big features and we're going to review all those today. Right. Yes. It's going to be, it's going to be a long show. I managed to split it up. Yep. There's a, lot, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. So, uh, you want, let, let's start with the little features. I think, I think that's probably a, a good place to start. Right. What's, what's yeah, your so. favorite little feature? Uh, figure Figuring that I'm, f- I'm finding that I can't read anything on my screen. It's going to sound late, but dark mode. <laughs> I don't know if it's a lack of sleep or getting old, but one of the two, man, my head's or been both. killed. Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dark, dark mode. Um, yep. 
Are you running your Mac in dark mode right now? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a dark mode user too. I I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't go back. I can't go back. Yeah. Every time I go back, it's like, Oh Jesus, that's bright. You know? Yes. The only thing I I find like at nighttime, like there are some web pages, even like the Weaver space community that, cause it's still white and it's just like, ah, that's really bright, you know? And it's, I'm not sure what to do about that, but yeah, dark mode is really cool. Um, have you played much with the dark, all the, so what's cool about the dark mode that Isaiah did inside stacks is that it's very configurable, right? So yes. by default, um, like everything's dark, right? So you got your library, um, uh, basically stacks is broken up into three, into three panes, right? You have your library, the main like edit window in the middle, um, and then the, the settings pane on the right. And, uh, so by default, all of those are dark, right? Um, but luckily Isaiah is uh, wise enough that he gave us some preferences because I don't like that default myself. Um, I prefer actually having the document part in the middle white. So I, I have that still themed light, but I have the the two panes on the right and left, the stacks library and the settings pane, um, both in dark mode. How do you do it? Um, right now, dark, all dark, all okay. in. No. Um, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea either because it's probably more common, but more common as in more reflective of users, you know, sites that you're going to see. Yes, exactly. Um, what users are going to see. So it's not a bad idea, but right now I stash it all, all dark and try to focus on the area, the, the content I'm editing instead of the rest of the stuff. Cool. I do want to give one little clue for uh, foundation users, if you don't mind, Greg, for if you're using dark mode, um, if you are in dark mode and you're using foundation inside site styles, depending on how you're styling your site, um, there is a button in there called a uh, preview background. You probably want to turn that off if you like that middle section dark. Um, that'll just that's a quick little tip. There's already a checkbox. It's been there for five years. Um, that will turn off the preview of the background inside site styles. And um, I find that if you like that middle part dark, turn that off and things will work um, probably more like you expect. So little tip there for beta testers and uh, people that are using uh, foundation. Um, so Greg, moving on, my favorite uh, feature. Okay. Yes. You know, I, I think it's it's probably... The, the cool new notes and the ability to change the title of a stack. So um, now inside um, most stacks, inside every default stack, and if a stack uses the default settings, so if you see like the default settings um, from, from a stack, you'll notice that at the top of the settings now, you have the ability to change the title of the stack, which changes it just for that instance of the stack um, in edit mode. So the little label that you have inside edit mode um, that little blue pill label, um, you can actually um, add data to that, right? So um, I like that. And then you could also add a little, you could type your own notes as well. And those will show at the very uh, bottom of the stack. So kind of a cool feature. Um, I like it. And uh, actually one other quick thing that's semi-related. Before Stacks 3 has three different view modes. There's the tall, grande, and venti, um, which is what they're called in the code, but people don't know that, right? Um, and stacks four removes the tall and the, the grande. We only have venti view because, 
Um, so many people would accidentally go from like the venti view to tall and not know what happened and things looked differently and they were confused. So, um, yeah, stacks four only has the venti view, which is the view that probably most everyone uses that has the blue labels for every single stack inside edit mode. Yeah. I never use those other, other modes. Yeah. You know, I, I baked into, uh, I tried to get users to use the, the tall mode, which is the, the view mode. That's all the way on the left, which is like the minimalistic view. Um, if you've built a site with foundation and then you switch to the tall view, it looks damn close to preview actually. So I kind of used it as a quick preview. Um, and not really anyone ever used that feature. Um, but it is cool. It does work. Um, but it's gone in stacks four. So, oh, well, um, I can remove Sorry, Joe. code now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about editing partials? Yeah, you know what? I didn't even know this was um, a feature until Isaiah did the video. Um, I actually learned about this one. So um, right now, if you want to edit a partial, the partial has to be on a page, and then you have to double-click it inside the edit mode, right? And then you enter the partial editor. But now what you can do is uh, you can actually double click on the partial when it's in the library. And so it just it could be in the library. It doesn't need to be on the page at all. Um, and just double click. Uh, oh, you said partials, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you double click on the partial in the library, it'll open the partial editor. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. I thought that was, I thought that was pretty handy. <laughs> so you don't have to, you don't have to dive down into that, into that separate UI and, and have lose context to what you're working on, where it goes, what you're writing, you know, especially if you're, if you're writing like marketing material and you have, you know, the content there and the rest of the, you know, your yep. image and review. So, you know, yep. Um, you or know, a lot of times, you know, that, you know, the default partial names are kind of funky, right? It's like partial, you know, one, two, three, four, five, or whatever it is. And a lot of times if you're looking at your library you're, and you see partial and some numbers, you're like, what in the heck is that? Right. So what you could do now yeah. is you could just double click it you could see what it is and then you can change the name. Right. Um, so that, yep. that's, that's really, um, really good. Um, so yeah, it's a minor thing, right? Just double clicking in the library, but I think it's, I think it's really useful, super useful. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice in the code. Does it still generate the same unique IDs for all the classes and IDs and yes. everything? Yep. Yep. All the, all the classes and IDs are still the same. We still have, um, all the IDs. Um, you know, I, I tried to, I tried to get Isaiah to take that ID and then just apply instead of applying it as an ID, just throw it in the class field. Um, so yeah, it's a unique class that would, might only be applied to that one thing, but that, I, I, I don't know. Um, I thought that would have been cool, but, um, yeah, all stacks still have IDs. Why, what would you do with something like that? If you, because there, there, are, there are some things like, um, let's say like a slider, for instance, if you have stacks um, inside of a slider and some slider libraries use clone, right? To clone, so so you could do like infinite looping. And mm -hmm. if you clone, um, you know, HTML DOM elements, um, a lot of times those functions will remove, will strip the IDs so it doesn't have duplicate IDs. And because there's, no IDs on there. None of the CSS works. Right. So it, it, because mm -hmm. the IDs got stripped. Right. So, 
Um, there are just some edge case scenarios where it, it could potentially be nice to not have IDs on things. Yeah, I was just trying to think of like applying CSS is probably faster with the IDs and the, the CSS classes. Yeah, for, for the parser, it could be. I mean, is, is that going to be something that you and I would really notice? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I mean, no. That that sort of stuff is so no. fast nowadays, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, just, yeah, yeah, no. All right, cool. No, but but you are right. Like, you know, technically it is faster to apply styles to an ID than it is to a class. Yeah. And I can see Isaiah not, want, not wanting to break anything, so. Yep, yeah, exactly. yeah. and backwards compatibility and all that stuff, right? Because so, you know, everything, every stack out there right now is based off, or most of them are based off IDs, right? So, yeah, I, I you know, the more I thought about it, I can understand why why that wouldn't wasn't going to happen. But man can dream sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next one, speaking about yeah, CSS sure. classes, is Isaiah allows us now um, to add our own custom classes to a stack. Pretty interesting. Now, not just us as a developer, it's actually the end users. So you guys, you can add your own classes to a stack so that if you're a power user and you know a little bit of CSS, um, you can really um, start doing some powerful stuff because you can target stuff with your own classes and all kinds of stuff. So that's a pretty interesting feature. Um, it'll be interesting to see how power users use that um, and uh, exploit that for their for their own purposes. Uh, so that that's a fun one. Um, I'm I'm kind of interested to see how how many users embrace that. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't tried it. I wonder. I wonder if you can if you can break it and add in illegal characters in there. Mm. <laughs> hacker, hacker. Mm. <laughs> Just curious how much sanitation Isaiah does there, but it'd be fun for me to try. <laughs> <laughs> but anyone, if you wanted, it, so if you want to apply multiple classes, just everyone, so you know, you would just do class name space class name space class name. So you can you can apply multiple classes. So if you like, uh, I you know class red space circle or something like that. Right. And then, you know, that would apply, you know, background color red and border radius 100% or something like that. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, you gotta be careful though. Right. If the theme already defines that CSS class, yep, yep, that, is, that is true. Defines, um, if some stack already defines it, you know, you may want to prefix your CSS classes with your, your initials or something like that. That's good. That's a good point. Very good point. Yeah. Keep, yeah, it could be, yeah, you probably don't want to label something like close or open, like some generic class that chances are some stack out there is using dot close on a, on a button or something like that. And, uh, it, it may, you know, uh, give you some unexpected results. Good shout. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So JW circle. <laughs> <laughs> JW Red. There we go. Good, good point, man. Everyone, I, I think Greg, I, Greg is smart. See, you didn't, you didn't, you're, you're still on point, Greg. Uh, <laughs> I think it's because you're wearing a red shirt. I just blares keep my keep me awake. <laughs> <laughs> right, we, have, we have one more little feature on our list that was um, don't publish a stack. Have, have you played around with that one much, Greg? Uh, honestly, no. Okay. Um, I usually, um, I usually only, I usually edit pages, not individual ones. Okay. So what this is, is, you know, there's a bunch of stacks out there. I had one called locker that I actually removed from my site. Uh, it's no longer available. Um, and what it did is it allowed you to add stacks to it and then you could, it wouldn't publish those stacks, right? Um, it would keep it in edit mode, but 
there were some drawbacks and these drawbacks are why I removed it from my store is that the CSS and JavaScript for those stacks that you put inside my locker stack would still get published, right? Um, so um, yes, if you're using anything like that, I think there's another one out there called Backpack. Stop using those, please. Um, especially in Stacks 4. Now, um, Isaiah added a checkbox. It's in the, I think it's in the responsive layout settings that says, do not publish this stack. And if you check that, it actually does it the right way. Um, which, uh, it couldn't be done the right way before because there was no APIs for it. So right now, if you, if you have a stack to the page and you check that box, none of it gets published like, and, and all of its contents too. So if you have a, a, a whole column and you check that box, that entire column and everything in it won't get published. None of the JavaScript, none of the HTML, none of the CSS, nothing. So, um, yeah, that's a cool one, um, for people that want to do that because, uh, yeah. Because you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Way to get really, really uh, deep there, Joe. Deep, yeah, yeah, that was deep. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Which might be great for people editing sites, working on draft content, you know. Those <laughs> or if you're beta testing. Yep. Yeah. If you're beta, yeah. If you're testing a new thing, and you're like, oh, I don't. Let, let's turn. The, or and actually, another thing is like. If you want to help, if you want to debug why something may, might not be working on the page, this is actually a good use case for it. I didn't even thought about this. Like if something's broken on the page, just start checking this on other stacks to kind of remove them from the page without actually removing them from the page, right? Um, to kind of see how it affects um, other things on the page, right? So it's a good debugging tool, actually. Never even thought of that. That's a great yeah. way of debugging a web page. Sweet. I like it. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Hat tip, Joe. Hat tip. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Tip for tap. <laughs> oh, hey, Greg, we're now on to the big features. Why don't you, why don't you go for feature number one? Well, this is, your, this is your chance to do a drum roll. Do you want Do you want to take that opportunity? Oh, oh man, man. Drum roll. <laughs> go, Greg. <laughs> My my favorite one, or, or you want to take the first one? Uh, whichever one. I don't care. You pick. All right. My favorite one, probably site images. Okay. Yeah. What are site uh, images? Site images let you retain one copy of an image used throughout your site. So if you have a banner, if you have your um, a profile image, if you have product image that I use throughout my site. You only have one copy on the site, so all of those instances that you use can be referenced to that same image. So now you don't have to publish 10 copies. You don't have to have that browser hit for every single image that you load that's different. So now your browser will cache it. So it speeds up your site, speeds up your publishing, decreases your website size. Win, win, win. <laughs> Sweet. Yep. So in case anyone didn't know, Right. Um, if you just drag and drop an image into stacks right now in version three, um, essentially what it does is it creates an image. But if let's say you copy and paste that image, even if it was on the same exact web page, you actually have two images getting published, even though you think it might be the same image. It's not right. It that image gets published twice. And if you use that image on like, let's say in your footer, right, let's say even in a partial, let's say you have some images in, in a footer partial. And you think that it might be using the same image on every page. Nope. 
it's using different images on every page. So that image gets uploaded every single time, right? And uh, yeah, in Stacks 4, we now have a site image. And by default, if you drag and drop an image directly onto the Stacks edit mode, it becomes a site image. Now, this is a Rapid Weaver 8 only feature. While Stacks 4 does work in Rapid Weaver 7, um, Rapid Weaver 7 does not have the uh, site image feature. The reason for that is uh, the site image feature uses Rapid Weaver resources. And um, Rapid Weaver 8 has the API for that. Rapid Weaver 7 does not. So um, that is why, and actually, so if you create a site image inside Stacks 4, and you open up your resources in Rapweaver, you will see that image in the resources because Stacks uses that resources API. So, um, no. and one more thing with site images that we actually lose is, um, so in Stacks 3, the normal image stack, um, if you double clicked on the image, you could like, it like opened up this image editor where it could like, you know, you could resize the image or you can even do some like manipulation, which, um, I never, I never personally ever used that ever because I always try to optimize my images before I ever add them into Rapweaver first. Um, but yeah, that's gone with site images. You don't have any of that image editing stuff. Um, you get what you drag in. So um, it is very important that you pre-optimize your images before you add them to the project. And we've done several episodes already on optimizing images. So make sure you check those out. Yes, we have. Yes, Please. we have. Also, good good image editors, Acorn, Pixelmator, any other ones you want to add? Affinity. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to use Affinity more lately, Greg. Uh, most because they, they have iPad apps now. So I thought it, it's kind of cool, like, you know, starting some work on my Mac and then maybe I'm on my sofa and I can open up and actually work on a project on an image on my iPad on the sofa. It's been actually kind of interesting. I'm, I'm learning how to use the app. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. Okay, my next favorite feature is multi-selection. I have to say um, I am loving that so much. And it's really powerful. So um, so now you can actually select multiple stacks um, and you can move multiple stacks at the same time and you can uh, you know select multiple stacks, delete them. Um, it is a godsend. Like it's really, really cool. And Isaiah actually went to the nth degree here. And if you select multiple stacks of the same stack, you can actually change the settings on those stacks as well, right? So let's say you you select, um, you know, two different uh, two column stacks. You can actually change the split or the border settings or whatnot on them so that they're the same. Like, that's really cool. Like, I didn't expect him to do that. I just, I would have been happy with just straight multiple selections so I could delete multiple stacks at the same time or move multiple stacks and stuff like that. But um, that thing of, you know, changing the settings on multiple stacks at the same time, that's pretty slick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. And I know in 4.1, he plans on um, having multi-select in the library as well. So you can multi-select um, maybe, oh, maybe I'm leaking information. Sorry, Isaiah. But it, it is it is in the public issues thing as a, as a feature request. <laughs> it, it is publicly known. It, not many people know where to find it probably, but it is open to the public. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's lasted this long. He, 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 couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't keep it all a secret. <laughs> He's only human. <laughs> I'm only human. 
<laughs> hey, Greg. Next next feature is yours. Next feature is mine. I like the new text editing. Okay. To say um it's it's concise it's focused the controls are directly there in the text editing field that you're working with um for those it's hard to describe in a podcast but when you guys see it i'm sure you guys like it too um it keeps your it keeps your library i'm sorry your edit ui clean and together and you know when you go to edit you're focused and the the correct relevant controls are right there at your fingertips. Yes. So everything is um, uh, well put together. Yep. Yeah. What I like it is I think the number one thing I like about the new editing. Now there's both the style text editor and the markdown editor. Uh, also the HTML editor, right? So there's three different styles of the editor. They look very similar, but they're three different styles, right? They have different toolbar buttons. But what I like about them is the horrible problem before us. If, if you had like very little area to edit your text, let's say you had like a five column stack or something like that with text in it, and you double click the text before in stacks three, like it was kind of hard to edit that text. Like it was almost impossible, right? But now the new editor kind of jumps out and it gives you a lot of space to edit that text, no matter how much space you actually have um, inside stacks edit mode. That is really cool. Um, and what Greg says about the, the the buttons being all there, that's really cool too. Um, like in stacks three, like all the buttons are either at the very top of the stacks edit mode, like towards the top of the wrap weaver window. And there's some other buttons at the bottom of the wrap weaver window, but now they're all within the little, the little editing window now. So, um, they're, they're much easier to use. Um, Isaiah completely rewrote the whole new custom UI for it. It looks really nice. Yes, I agree. I agree. Yep. He went, he went above and beyond. Yes. <laughs> Um, next one is library customization. And, uh, a lot of people have been wanting this, um, pretty simple, right? We can now have custom libraries, um, inside, uh, the, um, stacks library, right? So custom groups, sorry, not custom libraries, custom groups. So, you know, the little, before you could add, um, you know, you could create custom groups before, but they were always a folder icon, right? And, uh, yeah, that kind of sucked. Right. So now you can actually change the icon. You can access the entire font awesome library. You can uh, choose what icon you want. You can even change the color of them. So that's really cool. So now you can have all kinds of funny or fun um, icons on the sides. So um, so that you can customize your library groups. Yep. Not much more to say about it. I mean, it's pretty simple. Like it's um, you, you can you've always been able to create custom groups. But now you can actually assign your own icon and color to them. So really exciting there. Yes. I think that leaves us with one more. One more. And that is that is the biggie. I think that it is the is biggie. Externals and templates. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Right? You want, yes. you want to give a crack at uh at explaining what an external is, Greg? An external is a partial that you can share between projects. Ooh, that's exciting. Yes. So I, there, there yes. are a lot of users out there that I know what they would do before is they would they would create a a RepUver project purely to store partials, right? Because they, they had partials they wanted to use across multiple projects. And uh, you no longer need to do that because you can actually save a partial um, and it actually shows up as a stack. In it, You can actually show it in Finder and it shows up as a stack in your library 
Um, it creates a, a folder called externals within the stacks folder. And you can see all of your externals there. And uh, yeah, really, really cool. It could be a little yes. dangerous though. And Isaiah does a great job in his video. Make sure you check out his video. Um, he talks about some pitfalls of why you might want to be careful with externals because if you're using it, if let's say you build an external in website A and then you you look, you look also use that external in website B, but then you're like in website B, you want to make some changes, but you forgot that you did that when you go back to website A and those changes are now reflected in website A, right? So um, you have to be careful whenever you modify the external, um, it will be modified for all projects, right? So um, definitely need to be careful of that. But um, very powerful. I'm, I'm excited to see how people use these. Um, now, one thing I'm excited about is because um, me as a developer, I can now start shipping this stuff, right? Um, now, what me as a developer or, or us as a developer, Greg, uh, what we could ship is actually Thanks, a Jeff. template, right? So um, we, we, we can ship read-only uh, partials, which are effectively called templates, right? Um, so what that means is, it behaves exactly like what a partial is. I, I can pre-build a layout with a bunch of settings and all that stuff, but you can't edit it. What you can do is you can unpack it or you can convert it to a partial or convert it to an external if you want. Um, but that's really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've been wanting to, um, you know, templates were actually a feature in Stacks 2 and um, they kind of failed and uh, I'm they're coming back in Stacks 4. And I think this implementation is spot on. I think they're really going to take off now because they're really, A, they're really easy to create. Um, if you know how to create a partial, you can create a, an external and a template, right? So really cool, really powerful stuff there. And um, us developers, we can actually ship those as a part of our stacks. So to kind of give you pre-built layouts and pre-built setups for our stacks. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yes. Yes, um, being able to provide demos for people is really, really, really um, important. It's time-consuming sometimes, so yes, you know, being able to being able to make it a little bit easier is be really helpful for everybody. Yep. So cool, Greg. I think that wraps up. We've gone through every single awesome new feature coming up in Stacks Four. When is the beta going to drop? Who knows, everybody. Keep a watch out on Weaver Space and also the Real Mac forums. Isaiah will let us know. Um, but if you want early access now, go ahead and hit up his Patreon page. Um, yeah, I think you have to give him like 10 bucks and you can get early access to it now if you really, really, really want it. So um, yeah. Greg, any any last closing thoughts on Stacks 4? Well done, Isaiah. I know you've been working hard on it for the last few years. So uh, good luck, dude. Yeah. Uh, congrats. Yep. Yes. We, we, I am, I am in full in debt to Isaiah because, uh, yeah, I, I get to do what I love because he makes awesome software that, uh, allows me to do what I do. So thanks Isaiah. Even though I, I bet you he's probably not even listening. If you're listening, Isaiah, I'll give you a thousand bucks right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to send him a little Slack message here. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh life pro tip life pro <laughs> tip <laughs> listen to the next weaver space podcast and uh buy yourself a new set of tires for your car <laughs> <laughs> courtesy of joe 
So, Greg, where on the interwebs can we find more about you and your awesome software? ChiliDogSoftware.com, ChiliDogHosting, and at Barshard on Twitter. How about you, Joe? Sweet. I am at Joe Workman everywhere, but you can find me in all of my cool products at Weaverspace and at Weaverspace everywhere. Um, yeah, check out our YouTube lives. I've been doing those every week. I do 15 weeks in a row this week. I've been doing a YouTube live. So those have been going really, really well. Um, people have been liking them. So I did a fun one on SEO this week. Uh, it was really cool. So hope, hopefully uh, everyone's enjoying those. And uh, I appreciate all the feedback that I've been getting as well. So, um, and as always, if you have feedback about this show, send us an email to feedback at weaverradio.com. We would love to hear your questions. What more do you want to hear about from us on this podcast? What topics do you want us to cover? What do you want to, what do you want to learn? We would love to hear your feedback and what you'd like us to talk about, or maybe some guests. Like if you like, Hey, I want to hear this person on the podcast. Maybe we can get a guest on, we have our first guest, Greg. That'd be fun. You know, for a thousand bucks, Isaiah better be coming on here. <laughs> Amen. Okay, dude. So thank you very much, guys. We will talk to you soon. And uh, thanks for being an awesome listener. Bye. Thanks. Cheers. Okay, we're done. <laughs>